Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap. Welcome to Fightful. It is September 11th, 2023. This is your WWE Raw review. You might be asking, where's Denise Salcedo? She's been suspended for three shows. She's not coming back until October. She's definitely not on vacation in New York or Greece or anything like that over the next few weeks. So you're stuck with me. Uh, one week you'll have Alex and Kate, but you're stuck with me for a little while. Denise will be back in October, but hey, you got more of me. And who who could complain about that besides several dozen thousand people at some point, you know. Please leave a thumbs up on this video. Get your super chats, get your humper chats in. Uh, that's how you get your question or statement read on the air. That directs the, the, the flow of this conversation, uh, where we're going, what we're going to spend time talking about. I get the feeling a lot of you are going to want to talk about what happened at the end of the show. Nia Jax returned. We do have some news on that on Fightful Select. We'll give you some news tonight. FightfulSelect.com also had a lot of news on the changes on Monday Night Raw. And oh my God, there were a lot, a lot of changes. Um, just, just a ton of them. Even before we got to the show. A slap a thumbs up on this. We greatly appreciate it. We had uh, Leah James, one of her first interviews since leaving NXT on Fightful here on YouTube.com slash Fightful today. Also, FightfulSelect.com, just $5 a month gets you over 40 podcasts a month. If you want additional reviews of Raw and SmackDown with Alex and Kate, they got those over there. We had the list goes on. Last week, that caused quite a stir. I talked about my interactions with CM Punk. Uh, some people said that I burned a source. I hate to tell you guys this. CM Punk doesn't tell me anything that he doesn't want or, or expect his name on. But you can get that full story over at FightfulSelect.com, just $5 a month. I do a Q&A there every week. Grapsity does one every other week. Also, your boy Sean Ross Sapp. Dropping a bunch of contract news. How about this? We got even more tomorrow. Today, we updated you on the real story about LA Knight's contract. When it's up, what's going on? Did his push really get delayed because of that? Yesterday, we revealed Deanna Perrazzo's deal is up at the end of the year. She has not negotiated a new deal. Saturday, Prince Nana signing an AEW deal. How about some more impact contract news on Tuesday? Check us out, guys. You're going to like it, FightfulSelect.com. But you're here right now. I want to thank my moderator, Luis. He's going to be very, very helpful to me over the next uh, several weeks as uh, I am running solo on a couple of shows. Now, one of the big changes that happened on WWE Raw was the start of the show. Fightful Select had reported that Cody Rhodes was supposed to kick off this show with the promo that we saw later on. Instead, Jay Uso ended up kicking off WWE Raw, and I am really digging the Jey Uso storyline that we're going to see an awful lot of um, an awful lot of throughout this night. An awful lot of this story ends up unfolding throughout this evening, and it comes down to nobody is giving Jey Uso the benefit of the doubt, and I like that because why the hell would they give him the benefit of the doubt? He was a part of one of the just filthiest 
groups in WWE history. So why should they just be like, okay, well, we see you arguing with Roman, so uh, everything's okay. No, Kevin Owens isn't stupid. He knows what he's doing. But my thing is like, I'm looking at Cody kind of side-eyed right now. I'm like, what are your motivations? What are what are your intentions there, pal? How's that going for you? Well, Kevin Owens immediately side-eyed him. He's like, you know what, man? Like, I don't trust you. I, I don't think that you're well-intending or anything of that nature. And Judgment Day come out. They pick a fight. Sami Zayn was supposed to be there. He's not. I do not know why Sami Zayn uh, wasn't, wasn't there tonight. But uh, Kevin Owens, Jey Uso end up teaming up. They take on Judgment Day, but it all unravels when Jey Uso ends up uh, accidentally hitting Kevin Owens. Now, this started off with Jey Uso absolutely walloping Dominic with a super kick that I (laughs) really loved. He laid it in there on Dominic. You got to love that. The match is good, as will be the case. I kind of fear, though, that after we got this nonstop carousel of Judgment Day with Seth, Sammy, KO, and Cody, now Jey Uso is the latest one getting a horse on the carousel. He is the latest one that I think is about to have like 10, 15 matches against these guys. And it looks like he's just going to be peppered in with like Sammy and, and KO, which is an interesting story facet. It's just, I I know, I I can tell that's the direction it's going with the Judgment Day aspect of it. You know what I mean? Like, it it feels like we're about to get a whole lot of that again. And I'm sure the matches will be good. This one was good. Uh, The stories have at least been interesting with Jey Uso. I'm really, really digging the storyline itself. Uh, Backstage, you got KO and Jay arguing. Jay's confronted by Finn. <laughs> you got Finn saying, you know, I'm a I'm a fan of Jay Uso. And Dominic's a fan of Jay Uso. And Damien's a fan of Jay Uso. And Rhea's a fan of Jay Uso. <laughs> and he had completely ignored Finn until he said Rhea's a fan of Jay Uso. And then he goes, Really? She is? That was such a meme-worthy moment, such a good moment. But that wasn't the one that got me really interested in the J stuff. And we'll get back to what I'm... We'll we'll get back to that later because it ties into the finish of a match and another storyline that I was really enjoying. But KO just does not trust Jey Uso at all. And why would he? He's like, you got a new bloodline. It's Judgment Day. Go ahead and dye your hair purple. You'll be all right. Like in the direction of this. Monday Night Monkey's Paw says, so not for nothing. How did week one of the NFL season treat the two of you? <laughs> Why did I get the feeling Denise was gearing up to talk trash to SRS about his Bengals until about 8.45 this evening? Nowhere to go up from here, or but up from here, guys. I've got an NFL vanity project, Common Bengals W, that you guys can follow. Uh, it did not go well for the Cincinnati Bengals. It was the worst game I've ever seen them play. And the Jets, Denise, that's where Denise is right now. She's at MetLife Stadium watching Aaron Rodgers get carted off. Sucks, man. Jonathan Corona says, Sean, I know some people hate or dislike Vince. I'm just saying, what was your favorite memories of Vince running WWE? It can be pay-per-view, Raw, or SmackDown. Uh, the Vince and uh, The Vince and Stone Cold storyline was probably my favorite because that was an all-time classic. Uh, Jonathan also says, Sean, who gets the final say if CM Punk wants to return to WWE? Is it Endeavor or Vince? Because Punk has a good relationship with Endeavor. You see Punk returning to WWE. He does have a good relationship with Endeavor, and ultimately, it is Endeavor's call if they want to override anybody, but Vince is still going to run things technically. Uh, Nick Khan will be above Triple H, and then there's Triple H. Bruce is in there somewhere as well. But there there are an awful lot of people that have a say before Triple H has a say in in it as well. I've got to be real with you guys. As we had reported on Fightful Select last week, he still got heat with an awful lot of people near the top of that card, near the top of that company. I mean, a, a lot of people really don't like him. They thought that 
he uh, he th- they felt like there were a lot of innocent bystanders when he left WWE that were negatively affected by some of the things that he said and just didn't go well. Seth Rollins has been very, very open about not liking him. Um, Roman Reigns has been pretty open about not liking him. There have been some others as well. Then you've seen some more people that are a little bit more diplomatic, like Finn Balor saying, I'll wrestle anybody. Drew McIntyre's like, I don't make those calls. So you can at least see there are some people that are sort of preparing for it, which I will say this about Seth Rollins. He did his enough to where it's in character enough to where they could actually use that and be like, oh, okay, well, if he does come back, Seth professional enough to work with almost anybody given the right position or situation. I mean, he did with Matt Riddle. I I think there is an opportunity there, but I think you have to do your roster, which, by the way, gets along very well. The WWE roster does. Uh, I think you got to do them at least the respect of having that conversation with several of them and saying, is this something that you guys even want to see? Is it something you guys want to explore? Just Mass says Vince's last gap or a sign of things to come. Uh, I think you mean the changes. So tonight is technically the last night that Vince McMahon will have majority control of WWE. The merger happened and uh, he'll retain, you know, minority and, and sort of run that end of things. We have mentioned this on on formerly the list and your boy, now the hump on every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern at Fightful. We believe that Vince McMahon found and took the deal that would allow him to stay in control or stay involved. Because, quite frankly, it was doing record numbers, record gates, uh, better creative without him around. Now, you can take a look at some things and say, oh, okay, he's contributed to that. It's It's been helpful. But, I mean, they were doing these numbers without him. And he saw that, and he didn't like it. He didn't like it at all. Uh, I haven't been told that Vince is completely not involved with creative. I asked today, and somebody hinted that he was still maybe phoning in some stuff. But I'm gonna, I'm going to tidy that up and maybe do a fightful select report on that. Um, if you have, if you have any specific questions about that, get your super chats, get your humper chats in. Tim says, "Is Riddle going to be suspended for the airport issue? Uh, if it's investigated and he is found at fault, I'm sure that he's going to face some sort of." Uh, some sort of disciplinary action otherwise. Miz defeated Akira Tozawa. This is simply to set up the LA Knight thing. I didn't have a problem with this at all, man. Like, this is a person who's kind of been involved with Miz backstage. And to get him on the show in Akira Tozawa, I ain't never going to complain about seeing Akira Tozawa wrestle. This, unfortunately, is the role that he's given on the show, even though he's getting gotten a lot of things over. And they're effectively setting up Miz versus LA Knight, which LA Knight will win, as we know. But I got I got no problem with this. No problem with this. Oh, buddy. I'll tell you what I liked. The Gunther IC title celebration. Oh, boy. The whole thing, buddy. The whole thing. From them rolling up in the vehicle, Eichner driving them. Giovanni Vinci, there you go, I still call him Eichner. Giovanni Vinci driving him. Ooh, that's that's even a good little touch there. Then you got them all wearing suits. You have the the pillars in the ring set up for this, this celebration. And Gunther just looks like a million bucks, man. He just looks like the star that he is. Now, first off, let's give a little honky-tonk man erasure. I'm here for it. Give me less of honky-tonk man in the record books, in society, in history, everything. We ain't got a damn reason to talk about the honky-tonk man anymore. Unless it's about him getting his ass whipped at some something. He is one of my least favorite characters in wrestling history. They were like... Well over a decade after Elvis was gone, they're like, let's bring in an Elvis impersonator. Good matches? No, we don't need those. Good feuds? Not really. Okay, let's just rock with it. Again, I will say this. The most 
memorable thing about Honky Tonk Man's reign was that he lost it in like 25 seconds. That's it. That's it. Wasn't good. The reign wasn't good. The matches weren't good. The storylines weren't good. It was only good when when that title reign was taken out back and just shot, just old yellered. It was a terrible reign. Gunther's reign, however, had a match of the year in the Fightful Awards voted on by you, the fan, last year. So uh, for those of you who, who didn't watch our awards this year, I was very proud of those. Um, Fightful Select subscribers uh, are, are given the opportunity to vote on staff-nominated uh, awards, and Gunther and Sheamus ran away with this. And then at WrestleMania, you got Gunther coming out on top over a former WrestleMania main eventer in Drew McIntyre. He also emerged victorious, uh, uh, like I think last month, month before, against Drew McIntyre. Uh, beat Riddle. Those matches left a lot to be desired. Those should have been at least 15-minute matches. But ultimately, this reign blows Honky Tonk Man's out of the water. And I'll tell you a couple of reasons why. One, you knew when Honky Tonk Man's reign ended, not that I was aware or coherent or even alive at that point, you knew that he had peaked. You knew he was not going to rise up the card. You knew he wasn't getting that title back. You knew he wasn't going to a main event level, any of that. Gunther's title reign, you look at it and you go, oh, okay. Well, if he loses this, what's going to be next for him? Is he going to be in the world title picture? Now, there's, there's a lot of romanticizing the Intercontinental title as like being the who's next title. And for, for Warrior, it was. For Bret Hart, it was. For Shawn Michaels, it was. For a lot of people, it also wasn't like like Mr. Perfect was not like in the the top title picture heavily because of that. He had already been in the top title picture and and would reemerge. The Mountie never got there. Uh, Roddy Piper was actually past his prime. Carrie Von Erich was never getting there. Uh, Rick Rude did ascend to the title picture for sure, so it happened with him. But like Razor Ramon, you had his world title matches before he won the Intercontinental title. Jeff Jarrett was that wasn't like a, a big springboard for him or or for Goldust. Goldust, you could argue, peaked around then as well. So a lot of people romanticize it as that, but for some people, it is. It hasn't been like 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 before Gunther, Ricochet, Apollo Cruz, etc. Really wasn't, but with Gunther, it is. You can tell that Gunther is absolutely or. They were just calling him Gunther all night tonight. They weren't even calling him Gunther. Uh, you can tell that this is something where, where he is ascending. Rock hard Joel Wood says, I'm waiting for SRS to do a Honky Tonk Man cosplay for a Halloween episode. Man, I would make myself lose in about 25 seconds if that were the case. But I love this celebration. And oh boy, did I love this damn promo. Whew. So, you know, when people really, really, really lean hard into promises or like with Gable, he said, I swear to God, it gave me like Bret Hart vibes of where Bret Hart back when he was a baby face in WWF, he wouldn't make promises that his character didn't. keep. He would. It was almost like the it's not a prediction. It's a spoiler of baby faces where he'd be like, I promise this is going to happen. And. After last week's Raw, you kind of get the, f the feeling like maybe Chad Gable is that guy. He's he's very over. He's beloved within the company. Uh, the fans love him. The roster loves him. They got a standing ovation coming through the curtain last week. They Fightful Select reported that they moved that to Raw to make that match have more of the threat of him winning the title and ending the reign earlier and then to give it to high, the highlight that it needed. But people loved it. Cody Rhodes put it over on the Dale Jr. podcast as well. And he said, I swear to God, for myself, my career, and my family, I'm going to win that Intercontinental Championship. As if Gunther didn't do enough to make this title look important already, you got Chad Gable putting this on his daughter that we saw crying, putting this on God, 
putting it on his career and everything. He's like, this is his goal. Not the world tag team titles, not the world title, not the universal title. He looks at that intercontinental title and he looks at Gunther and he's like, that's the one for me. And I believed it when he said it. When Chad Gable said it, I was like, damn, that's that's the one. That's the one he's after. That's the one that he wants. And then Gunther, <laughs> he's you know, he's got that that deadpan Austrian delivery. Yeah, I hate to compare him to like the only Austrian that people know, but it is very almost like <laughs> he's a better actor than Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's got better delivery than Arnold. But he does it in such a way where he's like, you are a great competitor. You're a phenomenal athlete. Maybe my biggest challenge so far. What? Geez, you're a terrible dog shit father because you were using your daughter to get that spotlight. You were using your daughter to get attention. You were using your daughter to get sympathy from the fans. Momentum, anything you could get. Oh boy, that's good stuff. Like there were some elements, like if you remember when Goldberg would come in and they're like, LOL, your son. I'm like, all right. And he goes, oh, you're talking about my family. And it was just, eh, there wasn't really a rhyme or reason to it. Like over in AEW, when somebody's got a dead father, you know, Christian's rolling up and it adds to it because it's almost a meme now that he's like, LOL, your dad's dead. And people are like, no, I'm not going to be the one. And here it added so much to it because we, not only did we see Chad Gable's daughter, we saw her crying. And I'm sorry, but children aren't generally that good actors. We saw her crying that her father lost the most important match of his career, which happened to be an intercontinental title match that main evented WWE Raw. And I'll talk more about how I like how they're doing some of the main events uh, of Raw. But this was a phenomenal promo that had me excited to see another match because, I mean, Chad Gable won the first one via countout. He he lost the second one. I'm okay with a rubber match here because the emotion is there. Uh, the story is there. The stakes are there. I'm interested in the performers as well. This was good stuff. This was a very story-driven Raw, and I, I rather enjoyed it. Rather enjoyed it. So after this, Imperium starts to beat down Chad Gable. Otis makes the save. And then, curiously, out of nowhere, Tommaso Ciampa. Now, I, I feel like this might make a little more sense in the coming weeks. I sure hope it does. Because you know what everybody's doing. They're sitting around waiting for Gargano. Gargano, who has been healthy for months and months and months and has just been off the road, except when they call him up and they go, uh, hey, Johnny, what are you doing this weekend? Is there a Browns game? Okay, great. Okay, cool. Well, can you make it to Des Moines for this live event? Yeah, we're going to need you to work about five minutes against Omos. He's going to leave you laying. Great. I'll see you there. Bye. They are Bill Lumberging him to the nth degree. We're going to go ahead and need you to come in on Saturday and lose to Omos. All right. They even got Omos on TV. He's like a live event attraction right now. So Ciampa shows up. They decide to do this match uh, backstage. Ciampa doesn't even really agree. He just goes, meh, like that. KE775 says, has Triple H lost faith in Gargano, Candice, Dexter, and Indy? They can't even sniff TV. It's very confusing to me. Maybe, you know, there's always the possibility that they're waiting for the right moment. But I'm like, well, when is the right moment? What What is the, what are you waiting for? Because it's very clear they were hinting at this months ago with Johnny backstage. It's it's very evident that they had some sort of plan, some sort of outline. In fact, I know they had some sort of plan. I should probably report it on FightfulSelect.com. Well, eventually. But 
they did this six-man tag. It was a slapper. You know it's going to be a slapper. Always feel bad for the guys that are, are wearing suits and got to get switched into their gear in a hurry and then get warmed up and then go out and wrestle. But this is a slapper. You know it's a slapper. The end was really, really good. Gable taps out. I think it's Vinci, uh, Giovanni Vinci. And Ciampa has, uh, has Gunther in a hold and makes him watch it. That's good. That's that's the Champa that actually fits there. So what that does is it adds heat to Gable and Gunther. It gets Gable a win. Otis is on TV. You got Ludwig Geiser on TV. Gunther loses without really losing. And it makes Champa look really good too. It makes Champa look really, really great. Brandon Charles Powell says Dynamite is in Ohio this week. Maybe we finally get that Gargano debut. He's trending on Twitter. He's got to be the guy. He's got to hold the record in wrestling for most trends on Twitter without being on TV. Because like for a year straight or for like eight months straight, he would trend on Twitter. Unbelievable how he how he's able to do that. But that's because that's because they barely use him. I'll tell you something. You will. Uh, Use more than barely. You won't barely use. You'll use it a lot. NordVPN. I'm traveling a lot, and when you travel, you got to protect your data. You got to protect your privacy online. NordVPN.com slash Fightful allows me to do that. Allows me to browse safely and securely. When you go to an airport, when you go to an arena, a restaurant, a hotel, you're usually connecting to that unsecured Wi-Fi, which leaves you susceptible having your data stolen, any any number of things taken from your private connection or what should be your private connection. NordVPN.com slash Fightful makes it a private connection with the fastest VPN in the world, a 30-day money-back guarantee, and a ton of other features in addition to that peace of mind that you get when you can browse safely and securely. And I'm talking all your devices. Surface Pro, laptop, desktop, PC, smart TV, router, phone, whatever you're taking with you, NordVPN.com slash Fightful will add extra layers of security to your digital life. You can get a password manager, a file encryption tool. Be safe. Be smart. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. NordVPN. We love them. Got Super Chats and Humper Chats. Go ahead and get yours in. Kyle says, Sean, how are you today? I'm good. Football season is underway, and I wouldn't have thought I'd be so happy even after that Bengals loss, but, buddy, I love, love football season. Just Mass says, to clarify, tonight's changes were Vince, right? That I don't know yet. I know that the show changed several times throughout the night. We had the raw plans up on Fightful Select. We'll have the producers tomorrow. We also listed some of the changes. Uh, Natalia, who appeared in a backstage segment with Raquel uh, in like a mentor role, was supposed to wrestle Zoe Stark on the the pre-show, on main event. That was pulled. There was supposed to be a Viking Raiders versus Shelton and Cedric match on Raw that was moved to main event. Forever Young Zoe says, Hi, Sean. I'm an independent wrestler out of Michigan. I've been a fan for yours and Fightful for a while. And I'll, thank you. I was wondering, how does one get a job at Fightful? We don't have any openings right now. Whenever we do, we post them. But the advice I always give people is be versatile. One day I'm going to do like a full live workshop on wrestling media and how you can break into it. Not going to give away all my secrets, but uh, on how you break into it. But what I mean, I worked for free for a long time and I'd never ask anybody to do that. But you got to get experience somehow. So I would say cast a wide net. Know how to do everything. Audio, video, podcast, hosting, producing, writing, whether it be results, interviews, transcripts, opinion pieces, everything. Uh, know how to do it all. That way you maximize your opportunities. Uh, I happen to be a news writer, uh, an aggregator, when Wrestling Inc. brought me on. And then I started a podcast. And because I knew how to do everything, Fightful brought me on. And I did everything for a very, very long time until I realized, hey, I'm best at interviewing people and getting scoops and doing podcasts. I should zero in on that. And Jeremy Lambert should be writing uh, the day-to-day -day news. And Joel Pearl should be doing the producing. And Luis should be doing the moderating because they're all better at it than me. 
So uh, cast a wide net, learn to do a lot of different things. That way you can uh, maximize your, your potential. The best way I put it is if that you are competent at, at everything, you can be trusted with almost anything. Albert Pont says, so if Ari and Endeavor decided to bring Punk back to WWE, but Triple H opposed it as owner, would Ari be able to do as he wishes? Yeah, I think so. I believe so, unless there's some provision in the deal that would prevent that. Will said, I need Christian Cage and Gunther to be a tag team of roasting dads dead or alive. Oh, I watched a Christian Cage roasting dads highlight. I want Christian to just come down and cut a promo on Paul White. And I just want him to read the boss man poem verbatim. You know what? I was about to talk about a segment that I like, but I, I kind of want to split up the heavy criticism with the <laughs> stuff I like. So I'm going to go into one that I was like, man, what are we doing here? Cody comes out. He's cutting a promo. Dominic and uh, our boy, J.D. McDonough, I don't, I don't have the memes on, on this profile, but you guys, you guys know the deal. They come out, they get beaten up. This was the guy that Cody was feuding with months ago. Money in the Bank, I believe it was. He didn't, he wasn't on, was it Fastlane, whatever the hell the last show was, besides the Grayson Waller gimmick. Basically serving as a GM, bringing Jey Uso to Raw. So I'm interested, like, what the hell's your motivation there? But this is like the Russell Westbrook talking about Pat Beverly meme, where they're like, he goes, he's just running around doing nothing. He has you all fooled. This ain't Cody's fault. Who's booking it? Who's booking your top star on Raw? And I mean that by, by merch sales. Verifiable merch sales that I got for WWE Payback or Fastlane, whatever the hell the damn show was. I can't keep him in. I can't keep him in order. It was Payback. He was their top individual merch seller. Beat out John Cena. And they got him running around doing nothing. You can't create a monster of the week for this guy to topple. KE775 says, so the lack of story for Cody is indicative he's going to SmackDown, or do you think it's a surprise trade? Man, I think they would be loading up SmackDown awful heavy. Well, I mean, Roman's not there right now, but you've got Roman in the bloodline, John Cena, and Cody Rhodes over there. Man, that's that's heavy. Mm. Plus, Bianca and... Uh, we, we got Bianca and uh, Charlotte over there as well. Mm. Steven says, do both Cody and Knight get traded? Uh, Cody toward Roman, Knight towards the world title. Um, Knight does fit better on Raw. That much, I, I assure you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash fightful 
It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Actually, with the additional time, he's going to, he would be able to cut longer promos and all that. I also think that he's kind of found the sweet spot there. But I don't think they're going to trade two people. I think somebody's going to go over to SmackDown. But Knight needs a push for sure. Aubrey Duncan says, I was in the crowd tonight. Let me tell you, we couldn't wait to boo <laughs> sub Nick Mysterio. Also, Burrow lost me my fantasy matchup too. I trusted you, SRS. Well, listen, buddy. I lost... Because of the Dallas Cowboys defense. I can't even be mad. A 35-point output? How can I even be mad about that? An all-timer? Oh, man. Man. Spencer says, Sean, this sucks. Jets own us. (laughs) Wait, wait, what? Wait. Hold on a second. Did something happen? No, no, wait. The Jets... The Jets own you. What? No! The Jets beat the Phillies. <laughs> On a walk-off part return, TD. Oh, my God. <laughs> Zach Wilson, the savior of the franchise. Oh, this is perfect. This is too good. How did I not? Listen, I got to watch this on screen. I'm sorry. I got to see this unfold. Oh, in overtime. No, how does this happen in a world? The Bengals, the Chiefs, and the Bills all lose week one. (laughs) This is past the point of parody. This is amazing. That's how I found out. Oh, no. (laughs) Listen, I can't even bury Denise for this. This is amazing. Zach Wilson went 14 for 21. He did better than Burrow. Let me watch this punt return. Whoop. Past the 40, the 50, the 40, the 30, the 20. Oh, he got around that defender. Amazing. How does that happen? How does that happen? What an implosion, bro. Zach Allen's not been good. Uh, or or uh, Josh Allen's not been good for, for quite a while, by the way. Oh, man. I love football. Oh, my God. The Bengals played the worst game they've ever played, and I love football right now. Oh, Jesus Christ. You know what? Like sincerely, I'm happy that Denise and her husband got to see that because they're they're big Jets fans. Spencer says, "Well, didn't expect that reaction." <laughs> the Bills can suck it. Oh man. Uh, Sage Justice says Denise about to call and yell in about five minutes. Also, dog check. Go to hell. Go to hell. Rock hard Joel Wood says Cena is eventually going to leave in the main event scene on SmackDown struggling on the men's side. They need Cody or get this. They could put their world champion on the show. Uh, if they sent LA over for Cody as well, that could work out on raw because then you got 
Jay, Drew, Seth. Nakamura's up there right now, too, sort of. But um, you, you've got a few people up there. Greg says, here's a super chat for the live reaction of the Bills losing to the Jets. Without Rodgers, Bills will never win a Super Bowl with Yolo Allen. Some, uh, Luis, will you, uh, producer Luis, moderator Luis, do we know what the Rodgers injury is? I, I sincerely hate that. I, I don't like to see anybody getting hurt. That that sucks so bad. Drinking at Moe's says, just passed 150 po- interviews on my podcast. Just had famous B of Lucha Underground fame. Ooh. Thank you, Sean, for the inspiration. Hey, thank you for doing it, man. Like, I, I love that. The more people doing this stuff is uh, what I love to see. And I'll tell you, buddy, what I love to see was this Drew McIntyre, Xavier Woods stuff. Oh, man, this was good. Uh, as one dumbass on Twitter says that I say, balls, awesome sauce. This is really good shit, bro. I loved this. Uh, so backstage, Xavier approaches Drew. He's like, hey, what's what's up with last week? And Drew's like, yeah, 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 no, no, the chair, whatever. And he goes, no, 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 no. The way that you talk to Kofi, who isn't here tonight. And uh, Drew's very disrespectful. He's like, tell Kofi to grow a set. And Xavier's like, no, I'm here as a man having this conversation with you, and you're disrespecting me and my friend. And he says, you know what? I think you're probably jealous because Kofi had an all-time great WrestleMania moment in front of 82,000 fans, and you had yours in front of nobody. And Drew very clearly gets gets a little pissy, and he's like, you know what? I see what you're trying to do, and I'm not letting you. (laughs) And Xavier says, what, you think you're going to run through me? And Drew goes, you said it, not me. This was a really good pro wrestling back and forth promo. You only needed a couple minutes for these guys who are already perpetually over because people care about them. You only need like a little bit of time for them because we already care about them. We already, we're already invested in them. So we get the match. Of course, it's a good match. You know, Drew's going to win, but it's a really, really good back and forth match. You, you get enough false finishes here to where you believe maybe Xavier's got a chance and Xavier believes he's got a chance. And this Drew heel turn, assuming it happens, ooh, on fire, man. Now, Drew's contract is still up early 2024, but, I mean, listen, you got four or five months out of him because it's up before next WrestleMania, and you get a good heel run out of him, and you heat him up, heat him up, heat him up, and then he loses. That's what I want to see. And if you want to heat him up, heating him up against Kofi and Xavier is a really, really good way to do it. But that wasn't it. Because backstage, Drew targets another Baby face. Well, sort of baby face. And I got somebody saying, why does Drew need to win? Xavier could have won. He could have won. But considering the program or the match that is next, I'm kind of glad that Drew won. Because he approached Jey Uso. And he's like, you know what? I don't trust you. I don't believe you. I don't, I don't think that you're here with good intentions. And as of now, Drew's not really a heel. Because anybody that dislikes Jay is not a heel. They just got common sense. They got their guard up. So Jay's like, well, how about this? I'll do the same thing that I'm already doing. I'll see you in the ring. Anybody that's got a problem with me, I'll take care of it out there. If they would have put this on, I think it's Fastlane, whatever the hell the Indianapolis pay-per-view is, if they would have put this on that, I would not have batted an eye. I would have been like, hell yeah, that's that main event Jay Uso versus former world champion. Drew McIntyre, a couple guys that main event pay-per-views on this pay-per-view. Sure, why the hell not? But it's going to happen next week on Raw. Now, what I hope doesn't happen is the, you know, the screwy finish, then they do it at the pape. Sometimes I just want to see people clash for the first time, or at least in this scenario, at the pay-per-view. 
But uh, Xavier Woods knocked it out of the park. Drew McIntyre knocked it out of the park. Uh, Jey Uso as well. Mr. ACFA, thank you for the super chat. Warhammer says Bills, Finn Balor, SummerSlam 2023. Oh, Luis says, Ian Rappaport says, Aaron Rodgers has an Achilles injury with an MRI set for tomorrow, and it's not good. Whew. Buddy, that is rough. That is so rough. Oh, man. Uh, so, uh, sorry, getting a little bit of, of news. Just making sure I got that saved there. Uh, <laughs> Nakamura Rollins. All right, listen. I liked the Nakamura video where he said he'll challenge Rollins in his own time and would regain the belt. But it still don't make a goddamn bit of sense. He's backstage beating up Ricochet after Rollins basically says what I complained about last week. This guy had his opportunity. Why did he pass it up? So Nakamura is like, oh, and by the way, Rollins challenges him again. Second straight week that Rollins challenges him, but it's the second straight week Rollins gets to rest. He's weary back. After the story on screen was that Rollins was carrying some sort of some sort of load that previous champions hadn't, he's got a couple weeks to to heal up, and Nakamura's like, "Yeah, that's what I want." And I got people having the balls to say he's getting in Seth's head. How? How? How is he getting in Seth's head? By being dumb and not taking a title match two weeks in a row and beating up some guy that Seth don't give a shit about? Bro, what? Getting in his head how? Seth don't give a shit about Ricochet. We could tell that. We could tell that because Seth didn't go back to help him when he whooped his ass. Why would the heel not want to fight a damaged champion? And he's like, but you're not medically cleared. It doesn't matter. Take it. Slip on a banana peel. Get the win however you can. Get that championship. It doesn't make sense on his terms. What more of his terms could it be? Then with an injured opponent when he doesn't deserve a title shot. Because listen, outside of Seth offering him a title shot, explain to me in kayfabe, and I mean in kayfabe, why he would be granted a title shot. Why would Adam Pierce say, you know, you deserve a title shot for... First off, exposing private medical information about my champion, losing a title match, assaulting people backstage, and overall just disrupting my show. I'll give you a title shot for that. What is this, the UFC? That's the type of thing they do. Hey, you want to go say homophobic slurs and <laughs> and not fight for a year and a half? And hey, you lost twice last year. Let's give you a title fight. That. Well, I guess they are owned by Endeavor, aren't they? It's Endeavor's WWE. That I figured it out. I figured it out. It's Endeavor's WWE. That's why Nakamura is, is there. But Seth don't give a shit. Ah, oh, boy. Somebody said his, his terms is that Seth should have a doctor's note of approval. Oh. JM says... Seth, Shin frames Seth as a manipulator and wins somehow. <laughs> Seth is a manipulator. What are you talking about? That was his whole gimmick for years is that he manipulated people. Oh, brother. Oh, boy. Amazing. Rock hard Joel Wood says, I want to punch things every time you say, I just got some news, then move on like you didn't just tease us like that. So I don't like to give you guys dead air. So I got my phone up like this 
or I'm making sure that I got something saved here. Uh, I, I got to explain what the hell's going on. Oh, boy. Mr. ACFA says, any news on Matt Cardona and WDB? I haven't heard anything on it. <clears throat> Just him teasing like he always does. Shane is doing an interview backstage. Chelsea Green approaches and says, hey, you want a team with me? Shane goes, hell no. Like if I wanted to team with anybody, it would have been my best friend, and I just whipped her ass. So I like this. Don't even have Shayna feign it. Shayna right now believes that she doesn't need anybody because, again, if she needed anybody, she would not have quite literally handed over the tag team titles to somebody else. And that's what she did. She handed the tag team titles over. She's like, I don't really even want to team with my best friend. But Piper's back. FightfulSelect.com, best $5 in the business, reported that she would be back tonight. Shayna beats uh, Chelsea Green. She has t- stolen the Piper's pit finisher from Ronda Rousey. Uh, I can't remember what, what Michael Cole said it was named, but I like that. I like that. And uh, Piper Niven was back. Chelsea got beat. I saw a lot of people say, oh, wish Chelsea wouldn't have got beat. Listen, I, I get it. I understand because you enjoy her as a character, but I think that her character works a lot better when she does lose. I mean, her gimmick is that she's a Karen. She complains a lot. She whines about the situation. Nothing's ever her fault. Her losing is never her fault. She's a victim of circumstance. That's that's her take on it, at least. She's only effective when she's got a big badass partner like Sonya Deville or Piper Niven or anybody else. So. I like that, uh, and I don't have a problem with the one with a tag team champion losing a one-on-one match. You will hear me complain if the two-on-two tag champions lose a two-on-two match and it's non-title. I just don't like that. Very, very rarely do I like that. Zoe makes the save for Shayna, so the situation is that Shayna believes and just thinks she can handle things on her own, and she does not want help from anybody. And Zoe's just kind of forcing that. And FightfulSelect.com, best $5 in the business, reported last week that Zoe Stark was getting very high marks from higher-ups, officials within WWE. I can tell you she is a pleasure to deal with at Media Days. And that's one of the places where I heard from a higher-up. They're like, man, she's great, isn't she? Like, look, look at the work that she's doing. She's at all these, whether she's booked or not. Love to see it. Uh, it feels like Shayna is stuck in that division it it does a little bit, but Shayna's work is timeless. I think Shayna will be able to wrestle if she wants to till she's 50. Like, I think that her work is so special in that regard. And that's something that I've spoken with her about, too. Like, she wanted to do a lot of the cool pro wrestling stuff. <laughs> and coming from a catch wrestling background, that's something that I've learned about a lot of catch wrestlers, like, of course, they lean into the catches catch can wrestling because they're pro wrestling fans, but they want to also do a lot of the other stuff that comes with that, that like the moonsaults and, and flying arm bars, like a lot of cool shit like that. But Josh Barnett told Shayna, well, a lot of people can do that, and not a lot of people can do what you do specifically. So you can add that stuff in, but make sure you do what makes you special. And I think Shayna's work in that regard, she's 43 now. I think she's she's going to be able to work uh, until she's 50. The finisher is called Exterminatus. I'm sure she'll explain that. <clears throat> Let's talk about more of that shit I like. Get in your super chats. Get in your humper chats. Um, KE775 says, if Becky wins tomorrow, I think she will. You think Tiffany is getting called up since they've been putting her on Raw in the PLE? Uh, I think Tiffany's ready. Holy crap. What a phenom she is, man. She is so good. She sat right there back and forth with Becky, just firing them off. Loved the promo. And uh, a Warhammer 40K reference is what people say about Exterminatus. I uh, I think that Becky was phenomenal here. This is good. Like I'm so glad that 
they promoted this on Raw for SmackDown because this is they stand to do maybe the the best viewership that NXT has done maybe in years with Becky on here. I hope so. I hope that reaffirms that she's a television draw as well. It'd be nice because a uh, big fan of Becky's work. And I've mentioned to you guys before a lot of the thought process of sending Becky Lynch, sending uh, Damian Priest, sending Baron Corbin, Mustafa Ali to NXT. It's because they want to evaluate talent. They want to see who can hang. They want to see what these main roster talent think of these NXT talent. And they are throwing Tiffany Stratton right into the fire. I want Becky to win that title. I want her to bring it on Raw. And I want them to promote the upcoming pay-per-view. No mercy. We've got uh, Seb saying, why the two real teams on the main roster aren't booked? Katana Caden and Isla Alba. Well, FightfulSelect.com, best $5 in the business, reported last Friday that Isla and Alba were back in action ahead of that show. I wish I had an answer for you because they don't care and they haven't cared. They just don't care. I wish they did. I wish I had a good answer for you. Rhea Ripley defeated Raquel Rodriguez thanks to the returning Nia Jax. FightfulSelect.com, best $5 in the business, reported that Nia has been signed for over a month. The details on the contract are very, very secretive right now. However, Nia Jax is the first person to be signed by WWE after Vince McMahon forced himself back into the company last December and debut on the main roster. Don't say Chelsea Green. She was signed months before. I thought Raquel and uh, Rhea had a really good match. I I didn't mind their match at the pay-per-view, but I saw people saying it was the worst match in recent WWE memory. Well, I thought that they uh, made up for that here, and they really beat the living crap out of each other. But the story is that Big Bad Rhea needed somebody to help her win. Now, at least if it's her needing help to beat somebody, it's against Raquel. I'm going to be real. I don't want her to need help to beat Nia. Nia has never been on that level in the ring. I hope she is now. KE775 says, how does the women's locker room feel about Nia being back? I talked to at least one person in the locker room last month when I found out about it, and they didn't seem to mind. They were just like, yeah, I figured it would happen sometime. She's not wrestled anywhere else since leaving. Will says, with Anaya returning to WWE, do you think the reports of Kyrie coming back might be true? Yes, I do. Uh, she's finishing up a stardom. She's going to be heading back. Will says, if AOP show up tomorrow on NXT, people need to give you an apology. You hit the nail on the head with the freeze. We certainly did. I mean, I, I, I will say this time and time again. August 2022 to the beginning of December 2022, they hired 20 main roster on-screen wrestlers from December 2022 until August 2023 we saw zero zero could Nia play into the J or bloodline story if so how any updates on when the board elections can be says Marquise um I think they've already named their their, their board um uh, but I really doubt that Nia will be involved. If they didn't get Naomi involved, I don't think they'll get Nia involved. But maybe that's how they eventually bring back Naomi. Because I know that when the hiring freeze first started, there were people in WWE that thought that uh, thought that they were going to get her back. Dick the Cock Johnson says, bring back Nia. Today is fitting. Yikes. Will says, I got to say, WWE having women main eventing Raw and NXT tomorrow. I think that's good. Keep it up. So that exactly. 
Monday Night Raw, NXT. Tonight was main evented by a women's title match and a big return. They got plenty of time. Last week was headlined by an intercontinental title match. It got plenty of time, even though most of it was during commercial. This is what I like. This is what I like. The AEW pay-per-view headlined by the international title. Tell me these titles mean something, and I'll believe that they mean something. Insert clever pun says this isn't about Nia, but why bring back someone when so many women aren't being used? Should we infer this is a sign for more time for the women? I'm not going to infer that it's a sign for more time for the women because I have been duped numerous times by that. By the way, get your super chats, get your humper chats in. We are heading down the home stretch. I have asked repeatedly, why aren't the women getting more time? Why aren't the women being featured more? Why is there no tag team division really being developed? Why why were women getting more time under Vince than under Triple H? who historically championed the women's revolution. I don't know. I don't get answers on that one. Randy says, watching Raw on a delay, but have seen that Nia returns. Raquel with the, I'm not like most people in her interview was a nice little hint. Yeah, that was a good little hint. That was very good, Brandy. I didn't even notice that. Omar says, Sean, why Nia? Like, really? Hope she got better, but she has a bad record of hurting other talent and plus a bad, bad promo. I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I just don't want Candice and Katana injured as a result of a Nia squash. She used a bonsai drop as her um, as her finish, which is interesting. Um, I mean, that is, you know, that's the the Yokozuna finish. The, uh, it was a Rikishi finish briefly. So, I mean, that, that might be a bloodline hint. But might be. The reality of the situation is before Nia was dangerous. Nia was not good in the ring. Anybody can work to their positives. And I think that WWE under the current management is smart enough to work her to her positives. I'll remain cautiously optimistic. But. But. She comes in and she ain't it ain't working out. Find another role for her. But I'll remain cautiously optimistic here. But again, we haven't seen her for two years. And I mean, it is it is a, a now get better now type of thing. Like she's been wrestling for like a decade. She's 39 years old. But she she's been, gosh, when did she start wrestling? Like that was about seven, eight years ago, but she hasn't been wrestling the last two years. Let's wrap up these Super Chats, Humper Chats. Mr. ACFA says, do you think we ever get Matt Cardona back in WWE? Yes, I do. I definitely think we do. Uh, I think that he is too much of a commodity to not use in some capacity, even a surprise one. Kyle says, Fightful is the only news I can trust. Keep up the great work. Hey, we pride ourselves on our accuracy, so thank you so much. Rock hard Joel Wood says, weekly percentage question. I have four former WWE names. Likelihood they return to WWE. Mercedes, 75% eventually. Trinity, 90% eventually. CM Punk, 25%. And Edge, since his deal is about up. Edge, I think... 75% eventually, even if he does WWE stuff or AEW stuff. KE775 says, have you heard if WWE or AEW are interested in Deanna when she becomes a free agent? Well, I'll tell you what. AEW has Britt Baker. WWE has Chelsea Green. So you know that there are going to be people in both companies saying, hey, why don't you sign this girl? She's going to have people pushing for her. If I were either one of those companies, I would be trying to get her. If I were Impact, I'd be offering her a moose-like contract to stay. She is 29 years old with almost eight or eight years of television experience. What? She's held the Knockouts Championship a bunch of times, the ROH Championship. I mean, obviously, I enjoy her work. She's stooge number two. That helps, too. Steve Macklin had a slapper 
on Victory Road. Go check out our interview from last week. Interviewed Steve Macklin. Had a hamper against Josh Alexander. You guys need to watch that match. Impact has been putting on some really badass shows. Check out our review every Thursday. ROH Impact Combo Review. Uh, I haven't heard if AEW and WWE are interested, but they should be interested. Will says, funny how the Endeavor deal is done tomorrow and just so happens somebody re-debuts, but don't forget it was never a freeze. <laughs> it was a freeze, but she has been signed since at least early August. RS says, might have already been covered, just hopping on. Triple H with Bezos and Ari equals Amazon TV rights for SmackDown. Keep doing what you do, SRS. You have a lot of integrity compared to some of your colleagues. Thanks. Hey, it's football season, so I'm going to pay less attention to trolls. So. <laughs> Thank you guys for those of you who have been uh, patient with some of the the weird bullshit you've had to deal with on my social media. But uh, when I look at that, I'm like, okay, well, I don't know if that's necessarily, oh, hey, yeah, for sure they are doing a new deal or they're doing a deal with Amazon or anything like that. But what that tells me is that like, okay, well, they're probably having some sort of conversations. They're probably doing something at least diving into it, at least being like, oh, okay, you know what? Maybe we should just talk about this, see how it goes, see if we're we're right for one another, so to speak. And I saw people talking about Jordan Grace, thought that she'd be in WWE or AEW. I've mentioned this before. She's a millionaire outside of wrestling because of her, her fan page. So WWE would not likely allow that to happen. AEW might have, but Impact definitely did. Guys, thank you all so much. It is not easy to carry an hour show by myself, and uh, I've been having a lot of fun doing this. So I was able to do this, I think, last week. I think I've got uh, The Hump is just me on Wednesday, so we're going to do a What Do You Guys Want to Talk About show. It's going to be a Q&A. And if you want a Q&A with me every single week, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Rock hard Joel Wood says, with Endeavor now being majority owner of WWE, do you think that might increase the chances of them working with other companies, not necessarily AEW, but smaller companies like Impact? Yeah, I do think it might uh, maximize or open that up. UFC with Fight Pass, it became basically a, a indie MMA streaming service. So I could see that, that sort of opening up with WWE, but with WWE, they have licensed themselves out to Peacock and no longer have their own network in the States. So uh, maybe that might be a hurdle to overcome as well. Orlando says, great to see Nia back. I've seen her posting her wrestling with Natty and her wrestling school. We will see how it goes. Well, listen, if you want somebody to uh, help you out, Natty is a pretty damn good one. Pretty damn good one. Guys, thank you all so much. Thanks to our moderator, Louise, who is doing a kick-ass job. We're here every night, Tuesday for NXT, Wednesday for AEW, Thursday for ROH and Impact, Friday for SmackDown, Saturday, got Graps in the afternoon, Collision at night. Hell, man. Till next time, we're out.